a Radio 191 FM podcast. Oh, and now we have another interview. Um, welcome to the studio, Tian. Hi. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm going to do an embarrassingly bio of you now, so you can let me know um, how we feel. But basically, the DSO is doing a concert this Saturday, very exciting, and we have the pleasure of speaking to the conductor yeah. um, uh, about the concert. Um, trained in Auckland, and now the assistant conductor of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. She's also a Dudamel Fellow with the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, you were inspired by the epic compositions of films, I believe, um, if the bio I've read is correct, um, by the likes of John Williams and Howard Shaw, but found a cementing energy in conducting, and it has um, taken you around the world to both study and perform. Um, the upcoming concert features works of Mozart, Brahms and Strauss, and should be an absolute treat, as always, and is set um, for this Saturday, the 21st at 7.30pm. Um, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio today. Hi, Raf. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, it would be, um, and it is a pleasure to have you here. Um, <laughs> It's been quite a day. I'm so sorry. Um, but now you can be heard, which is important. Oh, really? Was I not heard no, earlier? It was, sorry. Um, but now we're here, and we can get to the meat. Um, we can get to the interesting stuff. So um, you're, performing, you're performing with um, Michael Houston, is that Yeah, that's right. He's, yes. a, he's an amazing uh, New Zealand pianist, very well known around the world as um, well. I was going to say, have you found the dynamic working with him? I'm actually Haven't yet worked with him yet. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm meeting him on uh, Friday, actually, oh, wow. the day before the concert, which is um, you know, uh, the, the way a lot of concerts work. So you fly in a week before, um, sometimes only a few days, sometimes on the day of the concert, you have a rehearsal, two rehearsals, three rehearsals, we're lucky to have oh a bit God. more than that. And then sometimes you meet the solos, you have one rehearsal, or if you're lucky, you have two. In this case, we have two. And then you have the concert. Jeepers. Yeah, people don't realize how little time you get. I was going to say, so that's that's um, standard fare with most... With most professional orchestras, absolutely. And um, it's a bit of a surprise because when I went through high school and university, you know, we'd of often have like a whole term and we had concerts every, you know, rehearsals every week. Yeah. And then suddenly with professional orchestras, especially in the UK where I've trained, um, you know, some like the one of the concerts I did was a two-hour morning rehearsal and then a lunchtime concert on the same day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Christ. Well, I mean, you got your start at the University of Auckland. Yeah. Um, and you studied there, and then since then you've just gone everywhere else. Yeah. So I went to Melbourne to study um, with an 87-year-old um, teacher who who was wow. had these incredible blue eyes and would say, "The key to conducting is <laughs> eye contact." <laughs> and um, and he'd be like, "You should practice on public transport. I always sit on the tram and look at people." And I just thought, Ooh. "Wow, I don't think I have the guts to do that." But what an incredible man. Oh my god, that is uh, that is <laughs> that is that is quite a lot. Do you think you've taken that on board? Um, make... Sometimes I do, um, but I think the thing that I've taken most on board from him was the idea that conducting is about humility, and uh, he said that nerves in performance was a sign of the ego getting in the way. And I've really wow. I've taken that on board, and I've really found that it's true because ultimately you are a servant to the music and the musicians. And if you think of yourself as being someone who enables other people and bring out the best in other people and forget about yourself, then ultimately um, it's about the moment and about the music, and the nerves just disappear. So generally, I, I get excited about performances. I, I rarely get nervous um, because wow. it's just such a privilege to be able to share that moment and the art form with your audiences. That's a that's an amazing viewpoint to view this from. I have to admit, I think that a lot of people, um, if they have even listened to classical music in their youth or when they're growing up, and then they normally develop an appreciation for it later when they hear it. I don't 
people don't seem to understand that just the sheer number of individuals playing and often the impact that goes into everything in the practice and what you mm -hmm. have to do. Yeah. Um, when did you found that you became interested in classical music? Yeah, well, I mean, like most Asian kids, I uh, grew up <laughs> learning the piano, you know, as like to be well-rounded. God forbid I'd take that as an actual career because my parents <laughs> want to be a doctor, lawyer, etc., or an accountant, Blimey. you know, as most Chinese parents may want their kids to have a stable job. Um, but I just fell in love with it. I think um, for me, I, before I could talk or walk properly, I wanted to sing and dance. And, you know, music was always a part of my body. And, and I just feel it very physically when I listen to a piece of music. I, it's not a cerebral thing. It's a very physical thing for me. So actually expressing it through my body was a very natural thing. And I think just working with a group of people and bringing out the best in them was so exciting. And I just love the epic movie. You know, like you said, I, I came into it as a kind of interested in movie fil films, um, music for film, and um, started being a composer and had to conduct my own piece and then ended up loving conducting. <laughs> wow. I mean, that is, that, is, that is really cool, if I'm honest. And you've sort of set the bar for people who are going to come after you um, because you were the first female conductor for the... Welsh? Uh, just to clarify, they okay. created a job called the Female Conductor Residence. I'm not the first female to conduct that or to conduct the Welsh National Opera, but um, you know, there is a huge discrepancy. It's one of the last bastions of glass ceiling, you know, jobs yeah. out there. So it's about 95% men. Um, 90. Wow. In the actual professional conducting, orchestral conducting world. So it's horrendous, actually, the, the pretty... statistics. And it hasn't really changed in the last 20 years. Um, but there's been a lot of media interest um, and, and realization that there is a huge imbalance and a lot of programs and things that have been taken to address that. And so one of the things that the Welsh National Opera did was create this role specifically for a young woman coming up in the career. And, you know, it is really awkward because I don't like being called a female conductor. You know, <laughs> what conductor goes up to you and goes, oh, I'm a male conductor. Yeah. You know, it's like, honestly, I'm just a person, right? And yeah. I'm there to conduct. And I just so happen to there. be, I'm just a woman. I mean, that, that has, you know, very little relevance to my work. But also Agreed. that's who I am. I mean, but we are all on a spectrum. And uh, But ultimately, yes, the reality is there's a lot of work to be done. Mm. And, you know, I... I can't deny the fact that it is not an equal playing field, and um, but things are changing, and I'm very excited about the opportunities, and I just run with it and make the most of it. Fantastic. I mean, I think equity in music across all genres is a pretty terrible situation in general. Um, mm. But do you think that um, in New Zealand, how do you think we're going with the concept of equity in music? Oh, that's a tough one because you know, obviously, I don't, um, I don't live in New Zealand anymore. But um, you know, I was involved in a couple of a, a woman's place by the APO, and we had a discussion about this. And Tiny Ruins, who's um, a New Zealand artist, talked about the fact that there was still a lot of inequality. Mm. Things are changing, but I think it's really important to keep talking about the issues and and to just, you know be open-minded and actively seek out female artists and to kind of just be aware that, that things are not completely equal mm. um, and to change the culture. But talking about it is the first step um, and definitely um, finding a support network as well and finding people who are open-minded are really important. Oh, surely. Um, awesome. <laughs> well, um, the pieces that are being played are piano pieces and you yourself one of them is a pian piano piece, piece um the mozart yeah. yes do you have a connection with that piece at all in your own experience learning piano when you were younger um yeah i guess so um i mean 
a piano was sort of my way into music, but actually, you know, I also play the flute and I also sang and um, tried to play the double bass and violin really <laughs> badly. Um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to working with the pianist, actually, because Michael Houston is, you know, I grew up listening to him and he he's a really, uh, I mean, he's retiring this year. So I feel like it's my wow. first and last opportunity to work with him. <laughs> Hopefully he'll keep going, but um, no, it's a you know Mozart of course was a child prodigy and and mm. his piano works are also very interesting. Um, I'm really looking forward to also conducting the Strauss, which is uh, also Italian out of Italy, and he wrote it when he was 22 years old. Wow! And uh, he was recommended by Brahms to go to Italy as it was like the OE for young people in Europe <laughs> at that time was like go to, go to Italy and see Rome and see all the ruins and see all the history and see the amazing artworks by you know all the famous famous artists um, and he went there and was inspired and this work is huge in terms of the forces so the DSO the Dunedin mm. Symphony are the biggest probably that you've seen them in a long time wow. and it's just for me it's a breathing work it's just you know I think the main difference I would say between you know western art music sort of orchestral music and maybe pop music um, is that you know a lot of pop music has quite a stable beat you've got mm. a drummer you've got someone and basically it stays the same throughout the whole song in terms of tempo but with Strauss you know music is like a heartbeat you know a heart rate never stays the same it constantly changes when we're excited it, it speeds up even when we're breathing it changes depending on how we're feeling and that is the excitement of this piece is that every bar there's I move, I slow down, and it's so rewarding when a group of 50-something people come together and we will breathe as one and we will feel the music together. That's something that is really different um, than, than an orchestral experience. It's, it's really exciting. Heck yeah. I can tell you love it because you're just beaming right now. It's <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Because um, the Strauss piece um, talks about sort of like the Italian landscape and the scenes that he experienced. Yeah, there's a scene like? on the beach, you know, in yeah. this, imagine this amazing, in the Sorrent, um, you know, being on this hot Italian, gorgeous <laughs> sunset on a beach. And then there's another moment that talks about the Roman ruins and it's got this like, bum, 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 this rhythm that's extremely <laughs> um, noble, but it's also got a sense of, you know, this great empire, but it's falling apart as mm. well, a sense of nostalgia. So, you know, it's quite incredible this guy wrote it when he was 22, but it's kind of like a trip to Italy without going to Italy um, and I just yeah I reckon that people who've never been to an orchestral concert before would connect with it like don't feel intimidated by it you don't have to know mm. stuff about it necessarily just come with an open heart and an open open ears you'd be surprised like you know the um, the energy and the and the power and in, in a full orchestral sound and Strauss is the master of, of writing for orchestra I mean I feel like I'm convinced. I don't know about the other people. I think people listening hopefully are also convinced. That does sound incredible. Um, sort of jumping off that um, feeling of inspiration from being in a place and taking that, especially at such a young age, mm. through your travels, um, performing overseas, working overseas, studying overseas as well, has there been a place that's done that for you, a, a situation or an environment that's you know, inspired something in you while you were there? Um yeah, well, I would actually say that almost every place I've been to have been an essential part, have created who I am. Mm. Um, having been born in China, grew up in New Zealand, lived in the UK for a while, been to Estonia, Russia, Germany, um, you know, um, Switzerland, Russia, America. I, I think every place has their own culture. And it's for me, that's fascinating because a lot of conducting is psychology and a lot of psychology is based on culture because mm. people react differently depending on what country you're from. And that is an endless source of fascination for me. And also learning about the different styles of composers depending on which period of history and which part of the world they're from. 
Um, so, you know, if very interestingly in, a, in the States, for example, I mean, I'm generalizing here, but people are a lot, can be a lot, seem to be a lot more extroverted and they talk a lot about themselves. Uh, whereas I, you know, you apply that to New Zealand, we've got the tall poppy syndrome, goodness, you know, you don't want to really be boasting about your achievements or anything. Um, and that might or may not reflect in the music as well. And I think also in the way you interact with people and the way that you rehearse an orchestra and the way you speak to people to bring their, the best out of them. You have to adjust yourself depending on the situation you're in whilst trying to stay true to who you, who you oh are. Oh, my God. But, um, it's truly dynamic to have I think so. through. Yeah, but also I think ultimately you're learning and as you get older, you become a better conductor. You know, some people say you're not properly a conductor till you're at least 50. Um, oh, and, wow. you know, the Sir Andrew Davis, who's, um, who I've been assisting in Melbourne, he's 74 and he's still learning every day. Blimey. So, you know, it's no end to the art of getting better at what you do, I guess. No, surely not. I mean, where do you see yourself in that sort of space of time in the future? What, when I'm 74? I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll go back to the prescribed age of 50, even though I think, you know. But do, you, do you think you'll be here, there and everywhere? Or do you think that you'll... Um, well, I hope I'll have a family by then. You know, I think um, it's so important to have a life outside of your own profession because mm -hmm. you have to have balance. You know, I think I was head down in a book, no social life, no parties, all through university, um, which, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm grateful for that I, you know, really worked hard, but also I realized that it's so important to just let your hair down and have a good time. And because, you know, what you, you do, I mean, the profession is so demanding. You, you, there are no end to how much you can study a Beethoven symphony. Mm -hmm. I've, I've spent, you know, hours studying that score, um, more than hours, you know, years studying that score, and still I find something new in it. Um, but ultimately, as actually, you also have to balance your life and just <laughs> relax, go for a massage, go for a spa, you know, learn how to surf. Surely. That'll teach you conducting. Yeah. I was going to say, you're in Dunedin. Have you? <laughs> no. I went, to, I went to St. Clair today with a friend and I, there were people surfing and I was like, my God, they're brave. <laughs> I mean, they're brave for doing that, but getting up in front of many hundreds of people and, you know, conducting a godly amount of people to do something, you know, like you said, it's... Yeah. yeah. It's an, it's an extraordinary privilege, actually, mm. um, and it's extraordinarily exciting as well. Surely. Well, I mean, the concert is this Saturday, 7.30pm, at uh, the Dunedin Town Hall, um, playing Mozart, Strauss, Brahms as well. Very exciting. Should be wonderful. Um, do you have one last thing to say to anyone who is on the fence in any way about going? Oh, okay. Um, let them make their own decision, you know? But I, I would... <laughs> because, you know, I, I'm not, like... I just think... Um, you know, if you're willing to give things a try, um, for me, music is something that can really open up your mind in terms of, I think, especially in this day and age, actually, when, you know, our attention spans are so so short, you know, everything we're getting is sound bites. Um, mm. I've actually uh, deleted Facebook for a month. I've, tr I've trialed it. Since I've, had, I've been on Facebook for 10 years, you know, since it sort of came out when I was at university. <laughs> um, and... I've loved it and actually every interaction I have is so so different now because I'm just in the moment and I'm not mm. constantly checking my phone and I think music actually especially orchestral music where the, the pieces are potentially 45 minutes long that you go into this mental state where you're just in the moment and you you go on this journey and you go into the mind of someone else it's like reading a really good book mm. um, and it's not like Netflix and I think our society really needs that. I think we really crave that deeper connection that even mm. though we are so connected with social media and with, you know, we can call someone on the other side of the world with Skype, we don't, we feel really lonely that a lot of people our age are feeling the loneliest that 
history has ever experienced. And mm. I feel like going to a concert, being there and, and sharing the moment with a group of people and delving into the mind of a 22-year-old almost 100 years ago in, on the beach in Italy, I think you will learn a lot about life and learn a lot about yourself and your, your life will just become more enriched. And that's why I'm so grateful to be doing what I'm doing. Amazing. I mean, my God. <laughs> I think you have to go now. There was also a student special, $15 with a small booking fee attached to that, which oh, is pretty sick. Oh, that's great, yeah. Huge. That's so, the reason why you should go. <laughs> I mean, if you're a student and you're listening right now, and perhaps you haven't experienced classical music, if it wasn't the incredible reasoning from you, it's also like, I mean, you know, realistically, it's cheaper than most gigs nowadays as well, which is pretty pretty good as well. I um, have only one other question, which is, do you have a song request? Classical or non-classical? Entirely up to you. Oh, God. Man, you sprung that up on me. I know, really I'm sorry. Like, I, normally, I normally ask earlier, but I forgot. Uh, does, oh, I, I, have to, I feel like I have to like think of a Kiwi artist. Well, I don't know. Brooke Fraser's always, like, you know, something I grew up Surely. listening to. Should we, like, listen to some of her? Surely. Okay. Okay, sweet. I'll, I'll check one song and then after that we'll definitely play some Brooke Fraser. Awesome. Which would be absolutely sweet. Um, Got to play something that's perhaps more on brand what we've been talking about. My body's a zombie feed isn't quite sound. <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, Actually, you know what? Sometimes I feel like that when I'm jet lagged. I just flew in from Amsterdam like two days ago. Oh my and, God. Yeah. You're doing I very well. definitely feel like a zombie at times. You're doing very well. Well then, in that case, this is My Body's a Zombie for you. The concert is this Saturday at 7.30pm at the Dunedin um, town Hall. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Tiani, honestly. Yeah, thanks. No worries. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.